in the agony cast. Hello, and welcome to the Agony Cast, where we are improving culture through friendly competition. And this week's contestants are... Hi, I'm Ryan. I am a dropout from the School of Hard Knocks. And what they don't tell you is that the curriculum is actually very rigorous in the School of Hard Knocks. So I transferred to the Barbizon School of Modeling. Um, Some of my credits transferred, and I've been pretty happy. So that's me. That's a little bit about me. Good for you. I'm Jeremy, the terror that flaps in the night. I'm Lars, the Pied Piper of Discount Mattresses. Oh, so that's you. I've been wondering who that was. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, well, uh, as everyone I'm sure knows, uh, the way we uh, play our game is we start off with the two-minute win-it round. Two-minute win-it. Uh, wherein, what, what just happened? I heard a gasp. <laughs> Gasps are where People it's are at. shocked that it's the two-minute win-it <laughs> round. still doing this. Can I can I say something first? Actually, Jeremy, I think we need to acknowledge an elephant that's not in the room. Um, this is Nathaniel's first podcast that he's missed, I believe, wow. and um, I want to wish him luck. He's actually at the same clinic that David Duchovny went to for sex addiction <laughs> treatment, but he's being treated for asthma. They do a couple different things there. They have a lot of different services. So uh, hashtag pray for Nathaniel um, on Twitter. We can send him our support. Um, really appreciate it. We miss you, buddy, and uh, we hopefully we'll see you here next time. Just breathe better. Right. He's at that same clinic because his asthma is caused by masturbation. (laughs) (laughs) That'll happen. Hairy palms and uh, asthma are some of the symptoms. He's coated the inside of his lungs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, in that spirit, um, the two-minute win-it-round prompt for this. Oh, should I should explain. Uh, We'll each get two uninterrupted minutes in theory. To I didn't to promise a, not interrupting. You signed the pledge. <laughs> uh, to respond to a predetermined prompt, uh, this time, kind of an odd one. Um, it's uh, it's uh, which Razzie Award should also have won the Pulitzer Prize? All right, so starting us off is Ryan. Ryan, take it away. Sure. Yeah, so this, to me, this seems like a really weird question, but actually the answer is so obvious to me that I will be surprised if we don't all have exactly the same thing um, because I knew immediately what my answer was going to be. And part of it is that I have an intimate connection with this particular Razzie winner for the following reason. Um, Most people aren't aware and our listeners might not be aware of this, though based on who I think our listeners are, they probably are aware of this. You can vote for the Razzies. Um, Unlike the Oscars, which are full of of out-of-touch billionaire celebrities like Meryl Streep and Scott Baio spouting their political opinions, right, the Razzies are the common man's awards, right? Anyone, any Joe Sixpack can join and vote for the winners of the Razzies. So I actually joined one year and was able to vote, cast my vote for the Razzies. 
And it was a rich slate that year. Uh, Flintstones, Viva Rock Vegas was on. Little Nicky, the the long-forgotten Adam Sandler vehicle. Something called The Next Best Thing. Um, Schwarzenegger in The Sixth Day. Bette Midler in Isn't She Great as Jacqueline Suzanne. Great performance, if you ask me. I don't know why she was there. Um, But the big winner that swept everything, Battlefield Earth. Right? So, worst picture. Worst actor in Travolta. Uh, worst uh, supporting actor in Barry Pepper as Johnny Goodboy Tyler. Um, <laughs> note that Forrest Whitaker, while nominated, did not win. Hashtag Razzie's so white. Um, Kelly Preston as Chirk. And uh, as, lo- as well as director and screenplay. So it really swept the Razzies that year. And well-deserved. I think anyone who's seen Battlefield Earth knows that it is a monstrous train wreck of a film. Um, widely regarded as one of the worst films of all time. To the point where even things like, say, the transitions between scenes are terrible. But at the same time... Um, the novelization of Battlefield Earth, from which the movie was inspired, is a sci-fi masterpiece. Clocking in at 1,050 pages, it breezes by, right? It's the story of the Earth in AD 3000, um, an alien race, the Cyclos, have taken over, and Johnny Goodboy Tyler and some of his friends must fight back. Um, they have a base in the Rocky Mountains. They fake people out. They fake the cyclos out by uh, telling them that gold from Fort Knox is uh, gold that they mined. Um, and really, it's it should have won the Pulitzer for its broad themes, for its inspirational ideas, and for informing us subtly that Dianetics is the science of mind for the modern day. And so this, I would give this the Pulitzer mostly to hear L. Ron Hubbard's speech. Um, He would have had to have given it from his private yacht, of course, since he was sailing around the world avoiding tax um, in in a tax evasion maneuver and also because he was the messiah um, who most people, a prophet, rejected in his own time and his own town. Um, So this is the book slash movie that I would give both a Razzie and a Pulitzer to. I'll be shocked if you gentlemen don't provide exactly the same answer well um you've done a fine job explaining yourself ryan um and yet somehow i still feel the need to say explain yourself (laughs) i really have nothing to add except that l ron hubbard is a genius that his works have changed my life that i have freed myself of satan's that i have reached the next level of auditing have you guys audited you really need to audit Maybe we can do one of these could be an auditing session where I audit you guys. Um, and we just, it's only $10,000 for you guys, for me to audit you. Um, I've reached the level where I can audit the lowest level people in the organization. Um, and then maybe if you're lucky, I can do a Skype tour of Ron's office. How many um, electrodes are attached to the scrotum when you do the auditing? The higher up you get, the more electrodes you get. That's one of the ways you know you're progressing in the organization. So, you know, for my introductory one, are we talking three, four? Uh, you might be able to handle five. Government. And I would choose I would choose where to place them specifically. I'm going to need to see a, a CAT scan of your scrotum so that I can place things appropriately. Well known for my elongated scrotum. <laughs> My taint actually is a tiz. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I really have nothing more to offer other than if you haven't, listeners, if you haven't read Battlefield Earth, you should stop listening immediately. Don't do anything else until you read the 1,050 pages um, of the novel and uh, get back to me. Time well spent. Great. Uh, All right. Well, anything else? Nothing else. (laughs) I know. I did hear that you said the novelization. So do you mean not even the original novel, but... (laughs) No, that was I misspoke. The original novel. Though it would be funny if then uh, the movie was novelized again, right? right? A new novel was written based on the film for which the novel, which itself was based on a novel. There there is something for which that's happened, right? Was it Street Fighter that was a movie based on a video game that then became Mm -hmm. a novelization? Yeah. What a postmodern era we live in. Am I right, guys? There is a Jurassic Park Jr. novelization. Of course, there is a novel. There it is, yeah. All right, well, um, I'll pick up the the ball from here. And Mm -hmm. I have to uh, admit that uh, my response is not nearly as as thorough as as Ryan's. I will um, point out that it is different. Um, So... (laughs) I bet $10,000 before this episode that we would all have the same response. So you're costing me a lot of money. Um, I mean, in looking through the Razzie Awards, and I, I confine myself to Best Picture, as I believe you did as well, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or Worst Picture, as, as the case may be. As the may case be. may be, yeah. Um, and I was honestly surprised by some of the films that were selected, You know, some things that were enjoyable, ranging from... Friday the 13th for the first. Oh, wow. Yeah, 1980. Um, Now, that's a pick that I suppose the Razzie folks have a little bit of egg on their face. Um, And then a few gems. I mean, initially, of course, my uh, impulse was to select Roadhouse because Mm. I just want to see the the, uh, textual draft of Roadhouse, right? Mm. Um, you know, quite literally just be, then he kicked a guy in the face, then he grabbed <laughs> his tits, then he ripped out a guy's throat, the end. Um, it's per- very Hemingway-esque in that right. sense. Would it just be storyboards? <laughs> Potentially, yeah. Published storyboards. Like a children's book. No. And the the uh, middle 80s, actually, there were quite a few uh, choices there that I, I, I don't uh, agree should be on there things like cannonball run two now granted it's no cannonball run one but it still isn't a cannonball run three if you understand my, my drift oh i get you yeah um uh, cobra is a popular pick here because believe it or not cobra is based on a book <laughs> i believe it um, i learned this through a different podcast um one i'm not going to buzz market here because you know <laughs> Fuck them, but um, it is Marketplace based. money. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> screw you, Kai Rizdal. He knows what he did. Um, but uh, I was looking at a few other options here. Hot to Trot. Um, yeah. I think there honestly is an interesting backstory there because of Bobcat Goldthwait himself. Um, he's spoken uh, at, uh, at some length at his experience making Hot to Trot. And sort of what a miserable experience that was. And it turns out he's a, a more interesting character than you might think on sort of first glance. He's now notably moved sort of behind the camera. He used to direct the Jimmy Kimmel show and um, has done a lot of uh, writing and directing work. Um, however, um, I, I did feel obliged to select 
Um, and in my usual pattern, I'm going to uh, have kind of an unusual choice here. Um, two Prince movies. Um, it's both uh, Under a Cherry Moon and, and Graffiti Bridge. Hmm. <laughs> I feel obliged to do that, um, partially just to perpetuate the myth that, that uh, Prince died. Um, <laughs> but, but also um, because since 2016 was such a banner year, I want to keep that vibe going. <laughs> uh, I feel the best way to do that is to pretend as though we never left. So my selection is, is two Prince movies, uh, Under a Cherry Moon and uh, Graffiti Bridge. So, so to clarify, you want to keep the, the bad vibes going from 2016? Is that what you're saying? Like to just remind us, remember Prince died and um, <laughs> David Bowie also did. Was Labyrinth one of the choices too? Sure, why not? Um, well, you know, 2016 is all in how you look at it. I mean, people keep asking all of us, I believe, about, you know, aren't you bummed about the election? Shouldn't you be talking about the election? First off, no, I'm not going to fucking talk about the election anymore. Uh, and secondly, that would only be the case if we were in any way surprised by it. If, you, if you'll check the videotape, we didn't exactly predict this. We just took as, an, as assumed that Trump was winning uh, – well, it was in the early to mid part yes. of 2016. Yeah, very clairvoyant here. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not prognostication if for you it is already always fact. <laughs> um, so, yes, I, um, you know, in my normal um, self-flagellating way, I think we should never um, exit the um, moment to moment terror of 2016. Um, so we need to just keep you know I don't think we're going to have to. I have been uh, <laughs> I've been amazed at the people who seem to feel that somehow we're okay now that it's 2017. <laughs> We've somehow escaped something, right? That those celebrities will not be dying left and right, um, and that our political process will not be going down the drain. Oh, we just lost half of our our listeners. All our Trump supporter <laughs> listeners just changed <laughs> over back to marketplace money again. <laughs> That's true. According to Libsyn's metrics, our audience is 50% Trumpos, 50% Click Farms in Nigeria. <laughs> I would like to point out also the Razzies are not very kind to music film crossovers. There are a lot of Madonnas on there. Yeah. Cool as Ice is on there. Well, I think. That's, that's warranted. I mean, the, the whole, to me, the whole point of the Razzies is it really should be a pantheon of terrible movies, you know, that are, but that are enjoyable in their own right. You know, I feel like you should be able to get some kind of enjoyment from a Razzie winner, right? And that is an interesting point because this whole notion of the so bad it's good movie has become nauseatingly, excuse me, prominent. I mean, to the degree that it's, it's become mundane again, but I personally have never enjoyed movies that are legitimately poor you know that are badly made that are that are dull right, I, well, I, and that's what i'm saying is you know right. there are there are plenty of movies that really are bad maybe even less watchable Definitely. say than battlefield earth that are you know, uh, to watching someone's home movies right, right. well and apparently i actually have not seen the room um, but apparently that is the aesthetic of the room which i'm sure mm -hmm. won some razzies that year they're kicking themselves um but yeah, I do. I do think that this it should enshrine 
things and things that are rem- are memorable. You know, some of the things on the list that were nominated, like the Oscars themselves, I don't even know what they were from 2001. Right. It should be things that that stand the test of time as terrible movies. Yeah. I, I um, in looking through the the list, there were very few that I did not recognize. Even back into the the early 80s, I was yeah. at least passingly familiar with them. And one thing that I do appreciate is they don't seem to, in essence, um, punch down. I mean, a lot of these are in part predicated on these were high-dollar movies that um, just did, you know, did not come together appropriately. Sure, sure. And to me, that's always the question, you know, is, is do you – is the worst movie, say, an okay big-budget blockbuster that kind of flopped or just something terrible, you know? Um, so is John Carter a worse movie than, you know, the – low budget sci-fi movie that somebody made that you know it went straight to dvd which one of these movies is really worse john carter seems still uh, to have a lot of defenders you know I, I also have not seen that film that's shocking to me ryan given your enthusiasm for john jones and all things martian sure well is john jones is the martian manhunter in that movie i would have seen it if martian manhunter was in it Maybe he's a Martian who hunts people, I guess. No, not the same as John John Jones, the Oreo cookie-eating Martian manhunter from DC Comics. Hachi machi. We are right. awash in a, a world of, of John Jones interpretations on the small screen, though. This is a renaissance for John Jones fans the last 10 years. Yeah, has he made it into The Flash or... Uh... Any of the other DC He's on shows? Supergirl. He's on Supergirl. Uh, yeah. Played uh, by one of the guys from Homeland. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, Lars, do you want to uh, finish us, as it were? Yeah. So my choice for the Razzie that also deserves a Pulitzer is the 1987 classic farce Ernest Goes to Camp in which the titular dairy spokesman becomes responsible for a group of juvenile delinquents at a summer camp. They abuse him throughout the film, both physically and mentally, until eventually their anger turns to pity and they join forces with him to save the camp from a group of rapacious business people. Here's a good summary from IMDb. A group of juvenile criminals is sent for vacation to Camp Kikiki. The clumsy Ernest has to care for them, although he doesn't even know how to take care of himself. The other children at the camp show enmity against them, but the group knows very well how to defend themselves. They do also help the Indian owner of the camp when a brutal mining corporation wants to tear down the camp to mine a rare mineral. I'd forgotten about that Avatar subplot. Is the rare mineral laughter? <laughs> it was inside them all the time. <laughs> you just gotta mine it out of there. I think it's children's tears. <laughs> I say this Razzie winner deserves a Pulitzer because it taught me everything that I need to know about adult life. Here are just a few things that I learned through my many repeated watchings of the film. One, all children are criminals. While technically the summer camp that Ernest works in is only half made up of criminals, it quickly becomes apparent that the criminal children are among the most ethically upstanding kids in the bunch. This suggests that all children are criminals and should be treated as such. Additionally, no matter how much you attempt to help children improve their lot in life, chances are they will turn on you 
and abuse you mentally and physically. Two, everyone loves an idiot. Never let people see how smart you are. They vastly prefer you to be dumb. Jim Varney began the earnest character as a tool of the advertising industry, hawking various dairy products around the country. Naturally, his next entertainment move was the realm of children's films, assumedly so that the young criminals would be encouraged to dumb themselves down to the point where they can be easily controlled by the United States criminal justice system. Number three, Stockholm Syndrome is very real. The film introduces us to uh, the fairly codependent relationship between Ernest and the child criminals, wherein Ernest continues his affection for the criminals despite their abuse of them, mentally and physically, but it also, uh, is also the children who come around to Ernest, their de facto captor, who at first they rail against, but ultimately come to love and esteem. The idea that they are morally improved is merely a smokescreen behind which the psychosexual dynamics of puberty are acted out within this motley crew. Has Ernest come to love the children? Have the children come to love Ernest? What is love? Does anything matter? So, if you like slapstick comedy, tales of redemption, a catchy soundtrack, and a throwback 80s color palette, you'll just love Ernest Goes to Camp. The movie that will have you saying, get bucked. Da -da -da. I, um, I have fond memories of the film because it features a happy together. Yes, so prominently. Yeah, and um, it has, there's a recurring gag, right, where there's like an automated golf cart, like a golf cart that's been set to drive on its own and is just kind of driving around the entire time. Doesn't it go native? Yeah, it does. It's it's early form of self-driving cars, right, that uh, become self-aware, <laughs> become sentient. The golf cart is it's sort of a Cars prequel in this sense. Or the first draft of Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, it doesn't surprise me that what tickles you about this was the soundtrack. This is just more evidence that you have the musical taste of someone who had a restrictive religious upbringing. Is that accurate? <laughs> Uh, we were not really allowed to listen to rock and or roll music because it promotes dancing, which promotes masturbation, which causes asthma, as, you know, <laughs> as everyone knows. So one of my few opportunities to listen to rock and or roll music was in films such as Ernest Goes to Camp. So I enjoyed a turtle soundtrack where I could. That's right. Oh, and, and doesn't, doesn't Ernest have a turtle in that? that I believe so. It gets stuck to his nose at one point. Yeah, that's, a, that's canonical. Ernest just has a pet turtle. Yeah. I'm surprised at how much of this I remember. I mean, I legitimately have not seen this movie in, I don't know, 30 years probably. Well, you know, here's the crazy thing about when I, when I think about our childhoods. You hear about kidnapping victims or uh, like the film Home, as I recall, where people are locked in a basement and forced to watch the same thing over and over and over again. And that sounds a lot like life under VHS to right. me. Right. I mean, just, you got what you got. Yeah, my, my yeah. family was really into nothing but trouble. That was what we liked. Because <laughs> Grandpa bought it one day. 
And that was all there was. Right. Well, there's so yeah, there were so few choices. I remember I would watch the Ewok Adventure over and over and over again. My dad asked me because he comes, he came from a different generation. It was like one of the like blatant generational gap things, which means he was like, "Are you getting anything out of watching this over and over again?" <laughs> Which is funny because now that I have kids, I'm like, yeah, just watch the same damn Curious George again. I don't care. What are you right? Whatever. Are you being quiet? Are you not eating cat litter? Excellent. No, it was when on the previous podcast when you said that you listened to Dick Tracy six times over three days. <laughs> yes, that's right. I mean, I must have listened to. I, I was. I never got to see Secret of the Ooze in the theater, so I bet I watched that. Yeah, ten times. Before yeah. we had to return it? Oh, yeah. my God. It was this is a bleak tableau of movies checked out from the library <laughs> and cassette tapes under lock and key. I bet you you had a little record player, but it was all Jesus. Well, I'll tell you a, a story that, that my wife finds both uh, humorous and horrifying. Is that we went on a camping trip once, and we found, and I'm sure my parents don't want me sharing this kind of stuff, but they're never going to listen to this, and no one listens to this, so whatever. We went on a camping trip one time, and we found a cassette tape of the Red Hot Chili Peppers' uh, Blood Sex Sugar Magic. I believe magic is spelled with a K. And uh, my dad, because it had the word sex in it, Smash the tape with a rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's a, that's fascinating. I remember yeah. I, I found a mixtape on the ground, and it had it was oh god Jesus whatever it was some random mix of Peter Gabriel and uh, you know Phil Collins. I think there was like a song by the Pointer Sisters on there. It's like, yeah, I remember listening to that song over. I mean, the, the you know the tape over right. and over. Because it was the music so well. that you had. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Did you say Philip Collins? <laughs> you know, for a brief period, that was how he wanted to be referred to. I think he's out of that. That was when he was really deep into his Alamo collecting phase about five years ago. I think he's come out of that depth of rejecting the Phil Collins persona entirely. I would like it if he wanted to be referred to as Sir Philip Collins. Has he been knighted? No, 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 without being knighted. Okay, I, I, either way, I'm fine with him being knighted. He's just trying to get a, a buzz going, some good word. <laughs> the queen as like, well, I guess. I guess he's he's a knight. We've got to do it. People think he did is. Did you knight him? Did you knight him? Who knighted him? <laughs> Somebody did. Hmm. Can't just say that. All right. Well, um, that's our two-minute win it round. Um, uh, before we move on to our speed round, um, because this is the first show of the new year, we have no excuse for our tardiness, and, and frankly, we really don't care. Um, this is our first show of the new year, so it is traditional to um, uh, make to, to you know, wipe the slate clean. Excuse me, as, as Ryan alluded to, start with the old tabula rasa. Lord knows we need it, and part and parcel of that process is identifying some uh, resolutions. Uh, that we should uh, address individually. Um, so, Ryan, did you want to start us off with a, uh, a resolution for the new year? Uh, yes, I would. I would like uh, my resolution is for Nathaniel to be 30% funnier. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I also uh, thought long and hard about this, as clearly Ryan did. 
Um, and so while you guys were lollygagging, I made it my uh, my personal resolution here to bring some sponsors on board. Oh, um, yeah, very good. Pounding the street, pr- pressing the flesh, um, and it looks like things have paid off here. Hmm. Um, so I'd like to introduce you to our new sponsor here, and that is Isis. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Maybe it's not the terrorist organization. Let me... No, no, it's clearly them. No, it's them. <laughs> well, well, we took their money. We're in a little bit of a tight spot here. Uh, so, you know, uh, check out ISIS. Are you sure uh, it's not Italian ice or Italian ices? One can hope. Why don't um, we just say that? Sure. And maybe people will get confused. We can satisfy them and the, the listening public as well. Yeah. Well, if one ice isn't good enough, try ices. <laughs> well, let's let's um, metaphorically wash the taste out of our mouth. Um, ah, With some delicious I, Italian ices. Sure. Uh, here's some folks we all know and love. Uh, Blue Apron. Hey. Mm. That's right. Uh, Blue Apron, the meal delivery service who... Um, Wants to remind you, jihad, jihad, death to the American. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think I've mixed up my copy here. <laughs> no? No, this is it. Okay. And uh, finishing things up here, um, Casper Mattress. Uh, mm. Let's see here. Ah, good news. It's not about a terrorist organization. Oh, Casper sure. Mattress. We will absorb every fluid you've got. Casper Mattress. <laughs> it's like sleeping on a fucking sponge. <laughs> all right. Good news. We can keep the lights on for another few weeks. That's great. How much are we all getting paid for this? Yeah. Uh, we are not getting paid. These commercials are on spec. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I mean... How often can we refer going to the library to rent movies before people realize just how dirt poor we all are? <laughs> the library. Well, well, um, and actually, part of I, I think part of the deal that um, we struck too was uh, listeners can get ten percent off ISIS if they go to isis.com/slash/agonycast. <laughs> right. All right, last, uh, Lars um, oh, <laughs> or Lysis. Um, why don't you go great. ahead and tell us your resolution? <laughs> I've been rebranded. I'm from now on Lysis. It's to appeal to millennials. Um, millennials who like ISIS. Lysis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I had two just pretty simple ones. I mean, I'm definitely going to bring back the running Rod Blagojevich joke this year. That's a major In some ways, idea. it never left us. <laughs> In some ways. Uh, and then, you know, I... Yeah, I didn't actually do it, but I did look back over a lot of our episodes to see what I would have edited into a best of 2016, i.e. best of Agony Cast so far, i.e. episode zero, i.e. best of the worst. And uh, I found I really look up to Ryan comedically. So this year I'm going to imitate Ryan in order to be funnier. You know, we're all fans of imitation as a pedagogical tool. So imitation of Ryan it is. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. There it is. You got it. There it is. You got it. <laughs> I would like to add as a resolution like that. Um, a resolution that uh... you want. You want to take this one. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, I think that we should have more um, women and guests of color 
on the podcast because we should make this stupid podcast that no one listens to uh, more inclusive. That's You're true. About that. And and they, maybe they could help us write the ISIS copy. <laughs> That's our litmus test. <laughs> yeah. Hey, welcome to the podcast. We got something for you to do. No, just off air before we start. If you had to advertise, say... All right. Um, well, those are all... Uh... Sturdy resolutions, I'm sure. Check we back in 2018, see how we did. Yeah, do that. We're not going to poop out in February, long and strong in 2017. All right, so let's move on to our speed round. Speed round. Um, adherents will know that our speed round is where we uh, uh, comment on a uh, impromptu stem. Uh, so let's see the first one up is what are the best names for a vape shop? Boy, timely as though this were two years ago. <laughs> uh, what are the best names for a vape Listeners shop? Listeners in 2015 are going to love this. <laughs> yeah, we do have that reverse time capsule that we always do at the end of the episode. I was thinking uh, blowing smoke and Definitely. then maybe up your ass. <laughs> Why, not? Why not have the whole thing in there? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a lot of signage. Yeah. I would say douche shack. <laughs> Is that I one word or two? Uh, I would like to see the sort of S sound carry over. So maybe one word. <laughs> I like cloud makers with a Z. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. Cloud 10, even better than cloud 9. <laughs> and then next word of that, cloud 11. It could just go. It could go forever. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, oh, the, yeah, so, yeah. there are quite a few that are very obvious here, like statutory vape. Sure, vapes of <laughs> wrath. Christ. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I want to hear a few more rounds of Jeremy offering rape names and Ryan offering social justice names. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be like uh, convicted vapist, and Ryan's like, yeah, or it could be like blood of Christ, the vape. <laughs> That's what we used to listen to on my old record player. <laughs> Probably. Well, vape it. Vape it up. That's Vapor trails. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Casper the vaping ghost. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just insert a statement. Into anything. Any Tony the vaping tiger. <laughs> They're vape. <laughs> The Vaped Crusader, naturally. <laughs> How about just vape, 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 vape? Five times. As many times as it'll fit on the sign, that's the, the orders to the print shop. What actually is vaping? You're heating up a liquid, right? Uh, you know, I'm unclear. All I know is that it's bizarre and unpleasant. I think there's at least two brands, right? On the one hand, you can heat herb to a temperature that just precedes burning. So anything right. below for whatever it is. And that's a vaporizer. Uh, yeah, so that's a vaporizer. But then I think vaping is also uh, compressed chemicals with butane, CO2, or there's another one. Uh, and then that can be made into basically you know what looks like something the size of a cigarette, but is relying on the, I don't know, whatever it is, the vape. I guess it's liquid, right? And then it gets vaporized. The vaporizer thing is interesting because when our kids are sick, we toss in some vape oil into the vaporizer. <laughs> and the really helps out. Yeah, it really clears them up. 
Yeah, I guess that's the third brand, Vicks Vaporizer. <laughs> yeah. Is that vaping oh. when you rub that kind of jelly on your stomach? Sure. At <laughs> some clubs it is. Is one of you a Vicks Vaporub on the sock person? Oh. What? I don't even know uh, what that means. Uh, no, that's clever now that I think about it. But not for me, no. Okay, well, I, I bring it up just because occasionally you'll run into these oddballs who uh, have some connection between Vicks Vaporub and a sock. Hmm. And, uh, you know, they don't acknowledge that it's weird. It's like apparently how much of the population stands up to wipe their ass. Do we have numbers on that? Much. On the percentages? Much. Is Lipson going to tell us what's up with these things? Curiously, it is not the Nigerian click farm. (laughs) I think they should really lean away from it. Like Starbucks? You're saying like classical literary characters is the vape shop name? I'm saying just use names that don't make you make you think it's a vape shop. Yeah, Target, Chick-fil-A. H&R Block, <laughs> Ticker Vape Parade. Everybody knows what a ticker tape parade is. Red everybody vape. loves them, so why not add a vape? All right. Well, we've exhausted uh, this. And then uh, some. Yeah. <laughs> this really shouldn't even been on here. <laughs> That one has been on there since the beginning, and I honestly have been dreading it pulling up in the in the roulette style system that we have. With well, good yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the Razzie Pulitzer prompt has also been in there, as I might have mentioned. It was an age where we didn't understand that if the prompt is too clever, there's nothing good that we can say. Oh, there's nothing clever about that prompt. We I think we proved it. We proved it wrong. Son of a bitch. Um, so the second choice, which is to me equally baffling. Is Twitter accounts most likely to become best-selling books? <laughs> Twitter accounts most likely to become best-selling books. I'm assuming this is playing on the notion of people having a Twitter, which then gets flipped into a blog, which then gets flipped into a best-selling book. Is this? Oh, yeah. Did I write this one? If so, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can only assume. Yeah, I don't. The Google Doc will show you the authorship, but maybe we should check. Um, I don't recall doing it, but I do have a, occasional ambient blackouts. Uh, well, I was going to say I wrote a bunch in a fever dream one time. So, <laughs> unfortunately, the main thing I do during ambient blackouts is take more ambient. It's a real problem. <laughs> um, ambient blackouts tweet. <laughs> Yeah, is that already a handle? Ambient blackouts? Maybe like more shit my dad says? <laughs> nice things my dad says. Shit, shit my dad says on ambient blackouts? Shit my mom says. Why isn't that a thing? Oh, uh, that's great. Why are we so sexist <laughs> in our society? How about I just called to say I vapor? <laughs> <laughs> How about vapor? I did. I don't even know her. <laughs> it's just, this is just all the same answers from the last one. Ticker vape parade. <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> I bet they have a Twitter account. I bet it's great. You know, I mean, there are actually some, such as that um, that Arby's Twitter uh, account that. It's the nihilist Arby's one that is a legitimate answer to this. I bet you that will have a chat right. of some sort. I would say just the Wendy's. Speaking of fast food restaurants, Wendy's has been trolling people like crazy. Um, in fact, look for in the future for the agony cast to get in a Twitter war with Arby or with Wendy's, ideally. But uh, so I'd like to see those collected. 
Yep. The good news is we apparently have ISIS on our side. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. How long before you see a book that's like the collected tweets of Jonathan Franzen or whatever, you know, like it used to be like the letters of, right. you know, Hemingway to whoever. And how long before we get the, you know, tweets version of that? Yeah. And how curated is it, if at all? <laughs> just everything. Well, because, you know, they're, what's the site? It'll just make a book out of your tweets automatically. Oh, there you go. I'm going to, that's your Christmas present, Lars. Yeah, yep. great. 2017 and it's wonders or blunders <laughs> well the plain fact of it is i don't uh, really know any twitter accounts so i i can't uh, offer anything productive here well this oh, is this is like the one i was glad i was out of the episode where you talked about subreddits because i would have to admit that i don't know what a subreddit is and do not understand how Reddit functions at all. So it's a similar situation. There's so many technologies I know about and I can use and I could probably even explain to somebody because I'm an asshole. But I, my heart is still in the 90s and I, I just wish I could, you know, I can't, I'm not drawn to any of this stuff. Subreddits or Snapchat or Facebook. You're, or you're drawn to videotapes of Secret of the Ooze and that's where your passions lie. If, if anybody sees one, just let me know. I'm on uh, on Twitter at Isis Vapes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, let's finish this off then um, by turning to something we do know about, which is now that he's ruined Lex Luthor, which <laughs> other classic characters could Jesse Eisenberg ruin by playing them as wacky millennials? Martian oh, Manhunter. Yeah, obviously, John Jones is going to talk. No! <laughs> yes. I think, like, the Godfather. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely could be a sort of a wacky, irritating millennial with a lot of ticks. Yeah. What is the, the millennial Godfather? I mean, is there a movie that deals, you know, something like A Cruel Intentions, but for the, the millennials? Oh, it's a remake. Um I don't know. It really seems like there needs to be sort of like a mob movie for, for our generation. It speaks to us. By our generation, you mean people half our age. Yes. <laughs> the kids. I feel like I just... Lars has got to be a millennial, right? Yeah, I am. I feel like How I'm old are you, Lars? 18? 19? I'm 19 years old. I feel like there was just a mob movie that actually wasn't too bad. I wish I could think of what that was. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that contribution. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I think Sometimes that they release monster movies yeah, every few years. That's my insight on the situation. Um, okay, so yeah, I would say, I like. I, what about like a Jesus, a, 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 an Eisenberg Jesus interpretation? Yeah. Who played Jesus in Risen? That was the the Jesus movie that just came out. Oh, I don't know. I haven't I haven't paid attention to a, a film Jesus since Caviezel, mm-hmm. but I think it's probably time for a new one. Jim Caviezel, JC, what? <laughs> a little too coincidental. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so quick sidebar on the Jeffrey Eisenberg issue. Does he? You guys have seen it, right? Superman v Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Batman v Superman. Lars, please. Does he, does he imply that he was molested? He does, right? Yes. Yes. I didn't know. Sometimes I the believe that's correct. That his like East German father. Right. And sort of like, oh, I don't want to push it. Yeah, right. I don't know. I don't... I think I'm quite capable of separating... Of 
of confusing bold choices with interesting choices. Yes. And that's one that really sets me back. I think Zack Snyder has a similar problem. That's, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, that's what people turn into the agony cast for. <clears throat> ISIS and molestation. <laughs> Another satisfied they're, audience. They're more far apart than you'd think. That's our ad money. What other classic characters could Jesse Eisenberg ruin? Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> just, just all the uh, classic <laughs> Universal Dracula. <laughs> all man's all three of the of the classic literary monsters. Yeah, yeah just as whiny, hickish. Yeah. Right. What? Yeah. What does an emo creature from the Black Lagoon look like? <laughs> I'm um, all covered with ooze. <laughs> this doesn't even come up. Nobody wants to talk to me. <laughs> I'm a loner, Dottie. Jim, are you talking? Your mouth is moving, but I don't. I don't hear anything. I'm operated like Mr. Ed. There's some peanut butter <laughs> under my lip. <laughs> Bobcat Goldthwaite is op- operating <laughs> you right now. Don the horse. You can read about go. this in the Pulitzer winning. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to, just after this, I'm going to add the prompt tweets that could win a Pulitzer Prize. That's what we're going to be doing. That's that's going to be a great one. That's going to get a lot of different answers than the answers that we just gave. And it is uh, prescient because that'll that'll happen. Yep. If it hasn't already. Yep. Pulitzer. (laughs) Oh, the life of uh, Alfred Pulitzer, right? Uh, Eisenberg could do that. Oh yeah, there you go. This all this is all getting tied together in a neat bow. Ernest, <laughs> for that matter. Why doesn't he just play Ernest? <laughs> <laughs> you know what we should think about here, though. What is he likely to play here in the next couple of years? What do you right. think is going to going to tickle his acting bone? I mean, there's the squid and the whale too, right? Right. It's also going to come around. I mean, there's going to be there's a lot of like '90s retro things you know so i'm wondering like are they going to remake the matrix are they going to remake um interview with the vampire you know what are they gonna those two pivotal 90s movies the two movies from the 90s that i can think of speed (laughs) it's gonna be the dennis hopper villain in speed podcast with a vampire if there's not a podcast called that, I will pay uh, the first listener who identifies that fact $20 in Arby's coupons. It's Anne Ryan. Oh, Arby's coupons. And Arby's coupons, yes. Only redeemable at some Arby's, not all Arby's. Handwritten. They're, they're really down on their luck, Arby's. They'll still take them. <laughs> We're just happy to have somebody in the door. <laughs> Welcome all. <laughs> we're not vegetarian. We're not gluten free. They've been entirely left behind by modern diet. <laughs> None of our meats are local. We ship them from as far away as possible. Not <laughs> the vendor who was as far away. You could not go any further without starting to come back to this Arby's. You bring up an interesting point. I think Arby's best move is just to lean into paleo and start using meat buns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, roast roast beef bun. <laughs> Roast beef drapes. <laughs> all right. Well, so those are all things Jesse Eisenberg could do. Um, I don't know. Let's put a bullet in this. Yeah. Uh, so it's time for the vote. 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 Vote.
All right. Um, um, so let's when I get see. to go? Yeah, Ryan, you are our first voter. All right. What lever are you going to pull? I am going to vote for Jeremy because I believe Lars chose the prompt for last time, the Pulitzer thing, and I don't want that to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> so I vote for Jeremy. Um, let's see. I think I'm going to go with Ryan this week. Um, the uh, two-minute win. Excuse me, I'm milching. The two-minute win round response was I thought pretty solid. And you seemed uh, you seemed enthusiastic about doing it, which really is all I uh, I tabulate. So I'm going to go with Ryan. It's 100 percent enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I have to go with Jeremy. Good job this week, Jeremy. Organization, announcements, hosting. Hmm. Yeah, Jeremy, you win. Well, that. Uh, oh, okay. No, that's right. Sorry, I miscounted there. I'm still waiting on results from uh, Wisconsin. Topical. Um, all right. So um, w- the prompt for next time I have selected will be: After the release of Ghost Set a Watchman, pitch a shocking prequel to another beloved novel. Uh, we encourage you to uh, visit with us again when we tackle that topic. Spoiler, Jesse Eisenberg is Raskalnikov. <laughs> All right, until then. I don't know, we still haven't figured out a way to yeah. end these. <laughs>